Welcome to the fifth episode of the Smalls Talk Podcast. Nothing small about this podcast aside from the name. Today our guest is Reg Overton, Director of Performance at the South Dakota School of Mines. Reg has over eight years of experience as a performance coach, and six of the, those years were at the Division I level. Grab a notebook, grab a pen, because there's a lot of good advice and wisdom in this episode. Let's get to it. The views, information, or opinions expressed today are solely the views of the individuals involved, including today's guests, and does not represent absolute facts and should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. Such views are the views of individuals and do not represent the official opinion of the International OCD Foundation. Reg, thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. Truth be told, me and Reg did actually film and record a uh, an episode that was supposed to be the second episode of Small Talk, but that was in the uh, early stages of a platform that I was not not uh, having the easiest time with. So uh, we switched switched tech technology, and uh, we're re-recording because unfortunately that conversation was wiped away. But the good part about Reg is the conversation is always great. So we're, we're in a good, we're in good hands today. Um, do you guys win this week? Uh, we did not. We faced a uh, Colorado mine. So it's, 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 that's obviously where we want to be there at the top of the conference. I think, yeah. I don't know. Division two is weird. There's like four different polls, but they're top 15, top 10 ish. Their only losses okay. are the Grand Valley. Who's now going to be number one. And then Angelo state is probably number two. So I've definitely heard the name Grand Valley before. Yep. So tell me a little bit where you're at. Um, you know, the football. I you you have football and women's basketball. Correct. Yep. All right. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about where you're at with with your sports and and the transition from, you know, going being in Buffalo, New York, to to being in South South Dakota now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at South Dakota School of Mines. Um, got here in April. Um, it was a really interesting process. Like I got out here. I was here for about three weeks, and kind of everybody left for the summer. Um, so for me, it was, what am I, what can I do in these next three weeks? Everybody's going to go home and, you know, it is what it is with college kids. Like they're not going to do stuff that they don't know. Um, but honestly, for me, it was important to get up here and actually meet people and kind of show my face before the semester ended. Um, so I mean, in a sense, like everybody got back in August. So I'm like two full months in with like actually having everybody around. Um, it's been exciting too, because everything is new for me. I see, I, I was here for three weeks. So this is my first fall. So my first time seeing how football works. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I think women's basketball had their first practice this morning, so they're now into the in-season mode or starting season or preseason mode. Um, so again, just you know, getting to know them as well, communicating with the the coaching staffs for both sports, and just kind of for me too, it's, it's year one. I'm just provide a quality product, and hey, whatever they need from me, make adjustments on my end. I'm not, I'm not gonna ask the coaches to make a ton of adjustments. Um, right, right, yeah, yeah, especially in the first year. Um, sure. Definitely important. What uh, what do you think is the the biggest thing for first year had had performance coaches to, to keep in mind, you know, going into a new place. Um, you know, obviously you've been at a couple different places as a, as a head performance coach now. And 
a director of a department. And I mean, I could think of a few things off the top of my head being in, in my first director role. And I think it definitely, uh, I, I feel that I wouldn't have learned things as a, uh, for, for a director role as an assistant. And it, like the only way to learn is, is by being a director, you know, nothing, nothing as an assistant, I feel, I felt like I learned a lot as a coach, but nothing really prepares you for the, the role of a director, like being a director. Yeah. Um, I think a couple things for me, I think it starts in the interview process, just on my end. Like for me, I'm going to be open and honest with who I am and what I bring to the table in the interview process. And then like, we could talk for about an hour on how I think the interview process is broken, at least in the collegiate setting. Um, but for me, even in the interview process, like asking the hard questions or identifying what questions I need actual answers to. And kind of for me, it's just so I can make an informed decision on, hey, is this going to be a good fit for me? Uh, but also I want the school to be able to make an informed decision on, hey, is this person going to fit in with our culture and where we're trying to go? Um, I think once you get there or get somewhere, I, think, I don't even know if I said this last time, I would say being consistent is the best thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whether that's my interactions with the coaches, interactions with the athletes, like they know what they're going to get from me day to day. Um, and I think if I can be consistent and always kind of be here, you know, small ways, right. fine. We, you don't want to be here. I say it to the players all the time, like, hey, you're, you're a goofball, whatever, like you're consistent. We can win with guys like that. I want people to know that they're going to get as close to the same out of me um, every day as possible. Um, and I think too, it's, it goes back to like establishing your standards and things of that nature. Like if it's important to me on day one, it's gotta be important to me on day 120, wherever I'm at nowadays. So. Yeah, for sure. No, you mentioned the interview process. I was just thinking about that too. Um, I feel like every time I interviewed for a job, like you're going into an interview where the head strength coach, if he's interviewing, knows what he wants to hear probably and has specific philosophies that he wants you to fit into and knows the answers he wants to hear. So like, how do, how does one not navigate that? It's, it's so, it's so weird to me. Um, you know, for, for being in the private facility, you know, I wasn't interviewed by head strength coaches here. So I was explaining my philosophies and I had, you know, two hours worth of stuff just on that alone. But for, for interviewing at the college setting, they already have their philosophies. They, it's, it's not really like, let's be honest, strength and conditioning and performance. There's, there's a bunch of different ways to do things, but there's not just like this, you know, out of this world, um, original idea when, when you go into interviews to, to present to people, right? We, we learn, you know, the different ways of, of progressing programming. We learn different, um, you know, physiological, uh, tactics, but like, at the end of the day, we're we're all as performance coaches doing similar things. Yep. Um, so I, I think it's very interesting when you when you go into an interview, especially with a like a lot of directors have you know ten plus years of experience. They know what they want to hear. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I don't have a solution for. It. I think I think more time on campus would be beneficial. I think that's that's a huge thing for me, just to get on campus and obviously see the people because you know everybody everybody can put on their their best face for a, a thirty minute Zoom. No doubt. <laughs> but I me, actually I actually think that what's most beneficial is like having a coach uh, coach a session. Mm. I honestly like it sounds ridiculous, but I remember my interview at Tufts when I was a GA at Tufts. Um, Dan Copsco, he's a phenomenal mentor. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget, I, my, first, my first ever strength and conditioning interview, I got into the room, they put me in a conference room, told me to write a four-week progression for, and they picked a sport for me. 
It was swimming. So I had to write a four-week progression. They came in. I had to defend it for 30 minutes. And then they just grilled me. And then uh, I had to go coach a, in my full suit. I had to go coach a field hockey lift with girls that I had never met in my life and athletes I had never met in my life. And they observed me coach. And I think that goes such a longer way than, you know, me giving somebody a coaching portfolio and telling them and telling them who I am instead of, why don't I just show you who I am? Yep. Um, so that was actually one of my most unreal experiences interviewing. I think that was like, and I think I, I honestly benefited more from that because I am a nerve. I, I do have a lot of anxiety and I think just sitting in a room trying to tell people who I am is not, is not kind of my shtick and my, my forte. So I think going out and, and being hands-on and, and leaning over dynamic warm up and, and getting and having them watch me re- relate to athletes was was more beneficial in the interview process for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, like having to like sell yourself. Like I, f- I feel like a car salesman. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like obviously, what it, like I think, especially in transitioning, definitely being in the director spot. Like there's a little bit of ego. Like I have to think I'm the best. I have to think I'm good enough for this job. Like if no I don't, doubt. everybody's gonna see. It, they're not gonna want me around. Um, but I think with that too, it's like I just a little bit like I feel like a sleazeball. Like I'm like overselling myself it's like i've i've told i've done a lot of interviews unfortunately um but i've told people like reach out i wish you could just reach out to the athletes that i've coached like let them know or like ask them like what i'm like because i mean it doesn't matter i'm telling you now you're gonna see it in person like back to consistency who i'm telling you i am in this interview process i'm going to be that when i show up on campus but um no i'll be like any any athlete or any school i've been at like hopefully you get the same message from the students that i've coached right right yeah no it's so true and how many how many times do we I mean, I, at least in my experience, have I, you know, interviewed for, for a job and the, the direct, the person hiring me seems like somebody they, they, they say they might be, and then you get, you start working for them and it's like a completely different human being. Yep. And I think that just goes back to your idea about, and your, you know, your philosophy about consistency, like just even like, you know, even for anybody listening within the workplace, I think just being a consistent employee, being whatever role you're in, just being consistent with it, with whatever role you're in. I think part of that too is it's not specific to us, but like strength and conditioning is, Oh, your athlete shouldn't know if you have a bad day. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like we're here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like my dog was sick last week, like Wednesday, like I had to take him to the vet. Like I was super stressed out. Like I I was at the lifts. I was kind of just like standing there in like zombie mode. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I mean, I told the athletes at the end of the lift and like, they're all everything. Okay. But it's like, I can have, I can be bad having a bad day. It's like, get on your athletes, just communicate with them. It's like, we are people too. Like we, we don't need to be invincible, oh, tough guy. Oh, nothing's ever wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nah, right, like, right. I'm having a bad day. Like, appreciate you guys. Like, I'll try to get my bad jokes in or whatever, but you know, might be a day where I need a little bit more out of you guys to lead it on your own. Like, it's that simple. Like, I don't no need doubt. No doubt. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. And I mean, like, I've definitely been told in the workplace, like, don't, you know, don't show that that uh vulnerability uh you know at, at multiple different stops yeah, especially in the college setting i was told you know you know when i was doing pods share the story all the time when i did a podcast and ad comes to my door knocks on my door and you know the ad i don't even think knew who i was until i did that podcast and he sees i'm tied to mental health and you know tells me that i need to talk to them before i do any of that kind of stuff um and and like that i shouldn't really be talking about that in my mental health and i i think that's such a a lame way for us to connect to to connect and um you're just going to get very surface level connections with athletes at that point it doesn't mean you have to cross a line or a boundary or any sort of um you know it's important to keep those boundaries of of we are coaches but i think it develops a way way more trustful 
um, relationship in, in, in buy-in than, you know, just showing them I'm the same person. Um, I'm happy every day. And, and I, I think there's, there is such a thing as toxic positivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think showing that vulnerability is, is vital to the, the student athlete's success too, as, as, as much as it is the coach's success and, and, and mental health. Um, I definitely think also that we, they look, you know, in some capacity, they look towards us for that, to, to feel like they can um, share their vulnerabilities. Uh, like, so whatever culture we're creating and, and whatever ways we, we show our vulnerability, they're going to show it in the same regard. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I mean, that's, I've bounced around a ton. I think that's the easiest way to build by and like be yourself, be vulnerable, be open. Um, I don't know. Like there's, there's stuff going on like every single day with our student athletes. Like they don't, they don't need to come out and say like, Hey, X, Y, and Z is happening. But like, you should, you should know your athletes like walk up during the warm up. Hey, everything. Okay. Like I had an athlete, um, they lost a family member. <clears throat> they were kind of, they're out of it at practice because I was running the warm up. Um, kind of overheard and talking to a coach. And like the next day at lift, I was like, Hey, do you want to be here? He's like, yeah, yeah coach, I, I need, I need this right now. Like it's helping. He's like, all right, cool. Like if, if it's, if you're not feeling it, just go ahead and get out of here. Like, I right. mean, it's that simple, but yeah. again, like, do I think every lift is important? Absolutely. But, if he needs to take a step away from one lift, like we're going to be okay. So. Yeah. The, the sun's the sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah. I, I swear, uh, train, you know, as much as I love training, it's, um, you're almost better off not pushing through too, because the quality of training is, is from a, uh, you know, physiological standpoint is, is probably not, uh, what it, what it would be if you just took the day to, to, t uh, take a step back and, and kind of collect yourself. I know for me personally, when I'm training, like I can tell in the beginning of a session, if, if it's going to be good or if, if my body's hurting or if I'm, yep. if I feel sluggish and I, I've finally learned now, especially with weightlifting, there's such highly taxing movement with such a nervous system fatigue. I know now I am a hundred percent better off um, pulling back and just taking the day than ever trying to push through anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, that's what we should teach our athletes. And it doesn't mean they should be, they should be getting out of lifts and, and they should be making excuses to not be there, but it's pretty easy to tell when, you know, I feel like athletes are pretty, especially, you know, the emotional maturity of, 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 you know, young men and women that are 18 to 23, you can tell usually when someone's having a pretty, pretty crummy day. Yeah, for sure. You can, it, you can call them kids. It's okay to call them kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I kids. mean, like, hey, I'm a big kid. And it's like, okay. I know what it was like when I was their age. Like, you're for some of them, it's their first time out. And, like, everything is new and can be overwhelming. So totally. I, that's that's another thing being here. Like, it's just a highly, highly taxing school academically. Right. Um, right. It's a STEM school, right? Yeah, STEM school. We just had, I think, midterms were last week. So kind of terrible time for football. Midterms are the same week. We're playing a ranked opponent. Um but I mean, I had made some small changes, like the, the travel lifts are nothing crazy, but even like women's basketball, like, hey, was this week supposed to be like a little bit lighter? Um, I was like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Stress is stress. Like it goes back to the, your athletes most likely don't care about the same stuff we care about. So for me, yeah. hey, stress is stress, like school, practice, all of that lifting, stress is stress. So if I can cut back a little bit in here, there's more space to allow you to be stressed out elsewhere. I don't want you to be stressed, but you know, if anybody's going to account for it, I would like to. Um, 
just kind of give them an easier week. But I've told them, hey, yes, it is lighter. It doesn't mean it's like a off week. Like move the weight that's on there as fast as possible. Get you in, get you out. If we're done in half an hour and we still have 20 minutes left, go use that 20 for anything else that you want to do. So right, right. And you, uh, you know, you played football. Obviously, um, you played at, at Lehigh, um, and then played your final two seasons at Mount Union. Yep. So, what do you think? You know, being an athlete at the college level had had taught you about being a performance coach as well? Um, I mean, I just touched on, I go back to your athletes aren't there to lift. They're there to play their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen it a ton with football. Like guys kind of, they're just there because they have to be like, just checking a box. Um, some of the other schools I've been at, like, I was like, well, you're just a football guy. It's like, what does that even mean? Like for me, it's like, yeah, I want to bring that football quality of service to the weight room for every single team I have. That's where I think UNCW, that's one of the best things I've done professionally. I had, when I first got there, it was softball, uh, swim and dive. It's all Olympic sports, right? Yeah, all did, Olympic they didn't, Did they have football there? I sure don't. No? Uh, yeah. No, I just, I don't know, I guess I cared and tried hard and tried to provide a quality service. Like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best thing ever. And, like, this is what you guys deserve. Like, I don't care if you're, right, not, right. If you're a non-revenue sport. Like, especially being at the mid-major and now Division two. like, the athletes I'm working with, these next four to five years, that's probably it for them playing their sport. So, Mm-hmm. I just want to be a positive part of that four to five year experience. And <laughs> it's, yeah. it's my, my approach to fundraising. Like, hey, I want them to enjoy being with me. So when they get done, like, if you want to write a check, maybe write it directly to strength and conditioning. You can put my name yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. Help me pay off some student loans. Um, no, no just, doubt. I mean, that's so true, though. I mean, 0.003% you know, people at the college level that are playing sports are, are going to play professionally. I mean, it's just the reality of things. It's not to deter, deter them. Um, but it's good to to show them that you can thrive in, in these four years and then have more life after that that is just as meaningful too. Yeah, I think I, I enjoy having that conversation with athletes. Like, oh man, Coach Reg, you a hater? It's like no, I mean like how many guys got every everybody that you, that's in college playing football thinks they're going to the NFL? Like, <laughs> all right, cool. How many guys from Division two got drafted last year? It was like three or four, or whatever. Yep. How many from our conference even got drafted? So, like, no offense, but, like, you're not even the best player on the best team in the conference. So it's okay to be a really good player wherever you're at. You know, if you can ball, they can find you. But it's like, let's just maximize our opportunities now. Don't worry about right. this. Right, right. How do, you, how do you help athletes stay in the moment like that? I mean, if, I think there's so many moving parts, especially with, like, the transfer portal. And, you know, if they're not producing, you're, I feel like kids are, are so – about the next step already because it's whatever is going to help them get to what they've been told they could be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll go back to consistency again. I think just providing them with the same message. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest with my experiences, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And it's everyone's like, Oh, make the big time where you're at. It's like you can, I can want to make the big time where I'm at, but it doesn't matter if the people around me don't. Um, right. But obviously you have to, you have to seek out the right environment for you but just because you change locations doesn't mean things are going to change so that also goes back to you have to look at yourself um i I, i'm incredibly impatient i think that's that's been uh, one of the issues i've had the past few stops but you know at the same time like it wasn't the right environment so it's is it everybody around you is a hater or is there something you need to do differently within yourself for sure yeah no i mean i had the same we've had similar experiences in in the way that we both had kind of, uh, you know, brief, brief stints a couple of places. And um, 
I think after the, the second one, I kind of, I, or I was kind of like, wait, is it me? And you start getting that doubt. And now, you know, being here for over, you know, a year and a half, I realized it wasn't me. It was, it was the environment that I was in. I wasn't, I, I, they were asking me to be something that I'm not, um, you know, I think strength and conditioning at the college level, especially with football can be kind of, um, you know, scream in their faces and, um, toxic masculinity and, you know, macho man, be tough, tough it out, that kind of stuff. And, um, there's just, to me, in my opinion, that's not teaching them anything that's going to benefit them past football either and past their college, college life. Um, you're listening to the smalls talk podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. How you know as a as an athlete for for you when you were in football when you were playing college football was it like that for you? Yeah, I mean it, it mostly came from the coaching side. Um, for sure. I mean it goes back to high school. Like, I was just playing sports for fun. Like I've, academics was always my thing. Like, I, I, for a while, I didn't think I was going to play in college, and like I hit a growth spurt. Like oh, I can kind of see why. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just. I know a lot of coaches that will hide behind. They go, if coaches aren't on you, then they don't care about you. But that doesn't, you don't have to like belittle me. It was, it was Lehigh. It was, I was on scout team, like scout special teams, or whatever. I'm given the same look that the guys in front of me are given. Um, I can't remember the coach's name, but he goes, Overton, that is the worst effort I have ever seen, ever. I'm like, <laughs> me? Like, like a special teams unit, a scout look? Like, I was trying. Like, uh, I was like me out of all the people, like you just singled out me and I'm like, okay. And like, there's other times like defensively, I think I was lined up wrong on scout team, but I had, I had to pick six and the coach just ripped into me. You got to be lined up. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, we're just not going to acknowledge the pick six or anything like that. Um, but I, don't know, I guess I, I try to be a communicator now. And I think that's, that's what benefited me most as an athlete. Like I understand I made a mistake. You've highlighted that you're, you're going to coach me. Like how, let me know what I need to do to not make that same mistake. Um, Right. I think a lot of times coaches fall into the telling you what you did wrong and not helping you fix what you did wrong yeah. <laughs> and helping you learn from it. Yeah, I think even like I'm more comfortable with how I coach now, like on the floor, like weeks one and two in a, in a program, or like if it's new movements, like I'll, I'll coach those up a ton. Like I'll stop the lifts, explain everything. But like week three and week four, I want the athletes to go. Like, there's been times like <clears throat> I'm standing on the end of the room, I see something, I start taking a couple steps. But even within a set, like, all right, that athlete just fixed it. At the right. end of the set, I'll be like, hey, between reps two and three, what were you feeling? Like, whoa, 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 boom. I want my athletes to be able to correct it themselves. Like, it doesn't, yeah, definitely. I don't want it to always come from me. Um, I no, thought, for sure. It was a football, I think it was a football player during the warm up, but I was like, I want you guys to want me around, not need me around. Right, right. Because, I mean, if they, if they need me around, I'm literally not doing my job teaching yeah. them. I'm not helping them for anything after uh, their time here. So, yeah, no, I know. I, t- I totally agree. It's so funny. I, uh, you know, unless, unless it's dangerous, you know, obviously you have to step in. When it, if, if, if technique or form is, or something is, is seriously wrong, you have to step in, but there's like a, you know, I, I love that question you asked them. What'd you feel between reps two? what felt different um, between reps two and three? And my weightlifting coach for me with, um, especially with cleans, like he'll ask me, what'd you like about rep two? Because he knows that was, or what'd you like about rep three? Because he knows that one felt better than rep two and what you didn't what you didn't you like about it and like so like i I love phrasing the questions like that um because it just forces your mind to think about like well i was i felt 
more pressure in my midfoot and that was good, but I, I felt like I didn't get under the bar. Well, like just things like that are just like so crucial to, to the mind muscle connection and, and, and that, uh, you know, that brain connection. And I think it, it teaches the athletes to, to self, to self solve too. Yeah. I think even recently like, I'll add like a slightly new variation to something like I'll explain it. I'll demo it like that first day and like, I'll just let them go. Like, and it's like, figure it out. And like you said, like, if they're not about to hurt themselves, like, okay, did that look perfect? No, like, and they'll bring it up at the end of the group. Like, hey, this movement, how do we feel about that? Like, here are the things I saw across the board. Like, next week, let's focus on X, Y, and Z. But it's like, we don't, you don't have to overcoach. Like, yes, they're kids, but let's allow them to be adults and be involved in their own process. For sure. What, you know what, you know what actually always makes me laugh is the, the, it's a big pet peeve of mine is when, when coaches, film things but it's so bloody wrong <laughs> that it's like i'm like i want to literally slide and be like yo put down the camera and yep. teach them how to do it correctly yep. oh my gosh so then it's like a double-edged sword because i appreciate coaches that don't just post highlights of of perfect reps i i, I do appreciate that because not every rep is perfect um but if i see a rep on instagram that's so awful <laughs> i'm like yo Put the camera down and yeah. do your job. Yeah, I, it, it's 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 a double edged sword because I I do appreciate that that authenticity of like listen our athletes don't do everything perfect and um, we still coach them through it but it's also like okay that kid it look literally is doing like a an inchworm right now and and yeah. in his deadlift form like please 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 put down the phone yeah and that's I mean that's something like I don't. I know the kids, the youth, I call them knuckleheads in the youth. Um, I know they love to see stuff on social media. And I'm like, at some point, like, we'll, we'll get better at that here. But I'm like, I just, because I like, they're, I, they're, they're not my babies, but like, they're like my, my brothers and sisters, like my nephews and nieces. I'm like, I don't, I don't want people like coming at them in the comments. Like, if you got beef with what's no doubt, here, um, come at me. But yeah, I don't know. It's, obviously, one of my friends do is like, I know them and whatever, but other times, like, like, like you said, like, that didn't look good. Like you should be able to review it on your phone before you post it. Like, Oh yeah, that, yeah. that, that wasn't it. Let's maybe not put that one <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, it's just, you know, I, 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 I agree with this whole, the whole social media thing. I, I, I have trouble doing it because I'm not going to choose video, like recording thing. Like I didn't have, our account didn't have a post for like a month because like I did my, my assistant had left and, um, you know, I, I, I don't have the capacity to coach and then also f record. I'm already like crappy at recording videos with a tripod of myself lifting, let alone recording somebody else and making sure they're I'm coaching them. And especially in the private setting, they're paying for a service. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to put our social media and, uh, you know, the, the lifts, uh, the videos of lifts over priority of, of, of movement quality. Yeah. But it is definitely, it's a more up and coming thing and seriously prevalent thing to have, you know, more and more social media content, um, yeah. especially in, in a department. I think that too, I think it's an opportunity for whatever I'm, I'm 33. Like I'm not that old. I'm aware of social media, but it's like, I think part of it is like, I don't really care. Like, I'll post, like, stuff of me, like, doing whatever, but, like, I don't care to, like, always be – I'm not trying to be trending or whatever. Like, I want to post stuff that I think is funny or, like, whatever. But it's, like, right. if it's an opportunity for, like, a younger staff member, like, hey, you're in charge of our social media. Like, that is your thing. Like, 
you take care of it because I mean I don't want to, but like right. that's the thing. Like it, it's it's a way to give people on your staff um, ownership of different aspects of the no department. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good way to 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 add a responsibility that is important. There there's a serious importance. Um, you know, I think it definitely is, there's it show there's there's benefits. It's just about um, kind of weighing those benefits with making sure that you're actually you know doing the job. Um, I want to circle back to, to kind of the mental health stigma in sports. You know, we, we talk a lot of, about it and, uh, you know, every guest, you know, has something to say about it and on, on smalls talk. So um, I know you had mentioned something briefly to me that, that I didn't even know, you know, I've known you for a, a, a couple of years now and, yeah. and you had mentioned, you know, some struggles that you went through um, post-college, I think it was. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear kind of more about that and how that kind of shifted your perspective on, on the student athlete experience, how it kind of shifted how you how you deal with those those types of challenges and, and how you deal with um, other other people's type of with those types of challenges. Yeah. Um, so let's so go back. It was when it's not everyone knows I also did a semester of physical therapy school. So. <laughs> Um, I had moved out to Southern California. I mean, that was awesome. Like I was going to the beach in like January and February. That's yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, no physical therapy school. Like it wasn't working out. Like it just, it just wasn't for me. And then, um, so, all right, let me just do some internships, strength and conditioning. Um, whew, at the time I was, so 2014 was eight years ago. So I was like 25, 26. Um, so at that time, honestly, didn't have a full-time job. Um, I was moving all over the country trying to do internships, unpaid internships, um and at the time like it was i think it was a product of coming up in the like the football only setting like oh you're a football player like football football is everything blah 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 so like for me like i thought all of my value was tied with my employment um and at the time it was unpaid internships and then like getting denied for unpaid internships i'm like what what am i doing wrong Where, like well, yeah. people don't even want me there um, yeah. to work for when free. in reality there was probably like 400 applicants yeah um internship. So, like i had done an internship that fall and then I was supposed to be going somewhere else. And the whole like football coach got fired, support staff got fired, didn't have an yep. internship, was going to go to another power five school. Like, Hey, this is a voluntary. Like we don't provide any housing. I'm like, I, what am I supposed to do? Like, like don't, don't apply if it's not economically feasible. Like, well, it's, it's not never economically feasible. How am I supposed to move forward? But so all that was going on. Um, so obviously at that time, like a lot of my friends from high school, like we'd always hang out like Thanksgiving, Christmas break, um, just being around them, seeing them, at the time they were engaged, some were married. I think they didn't have kids yet. Um, but I did the whole whole comparison game. Like they're my age. This is where they're at. This is where I'm at. Um, you know, it all, it all came to a head the one year and um, I ended up on a 72 hour watch. Um, and I think looking back on it, it's, I'm glad it happened. I learned from it, but it put a ton of things in perspective being there. Like I'm not trying to minimize what was going on with me, but um just being in the groups um, and listening to other people share, like there was some real life stuff going on with the other people. Um, There's real life stuff going on with me. Just, I didn't have the mechanisms to deal with it and cope with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like I met with the head doctor, like it was, I didn't think I was going to hurt myself. Like I didn't want to be alive at the same time. Um, For sure. Well, that's a a thing that, that, you know, I'll I'll interject here. Um, A lot of people struggle with is suicidal ideation where they don't have that. They haven't created a a plan, but they don't want, they, feel that they don't want to live anymore and so our society struggles with the word suicide a lot right we do we the reason we 
one of the many reasons we've lost so many people, in my opinion, is that we we don't want to talk about suicide. <laughs> we, we're fine with, with talking about anxiety and depression and related disorders, but we're not okay with talking about suicide. And it's a very taboo word. But the reality is we're losing people drastically to suicide. And, um, you know, saying that you have the thoughts immediately, people are like, oh my God, call 911. Like you're dangerous. You're, you're like immediately like, so it's almost people don't want to ever describe that they had those thoughts at all. And then they don't, and then those thoughts keep building. And then that's when it gets really dangerous. Yeah. Um, well, being in like in the hospital, so you had to meet with the doctors. Like they asked, like, "Oh, what, what's your plan?" And, like I didn't like have a plan. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna right. eat selfish. I can just like eat a bunch of shrimp or something. It'll look like an accident." Like looking back on it, like, it's probably concerning that I brought that up. Um, but no, I mean it's just one of those things where like, just being there. I think that too, like they took away like exercise from me, like being able to lift. Like that, that's always been my safe space, and like definitely in my darker times, like the one thing that I do to like help me through this stuff, like you guys have taken it away. Like I can't do anything. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I am, it's, I, I'm going to have the hoodie. Like I had a hoodie on, like when I got there, they had to take the string out of it. And I'm like, Oh, like, like this is, this is real. Good. This is happening. Right. Like they're thinking of everything. Like things yeah. you didn't think of. They're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think for me too, it's like, I still have the hoodie. Like it's a reminder. Um, like it's okay to not be okay. I think, I guess if I would have been able to talk about it more and like have some open conversations and like get help, like there's, um, I mean, I've gone to therapy. Like it's incredibly helpful. I, mean, I was in therapy. It was like four years ago. Like I wasn't in like a really bad spot. It's like, I need someone to talk to about all this stuff that's happening. Cause I don't want it to impact um, the way I am at work. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think too, like just being in the collegiate setting, it's been, I'd say frustrating and kind of disappointing. Cause I think a lot of schools are like, Oh, Hey, look at us. We're doing, we're honoring whatever, this week is whatever month this is like what, what are you actually doing for your student athletes like, thank you oh my especially, god especially coming out of like COVID and everything before covid they're young men and women kids out on their own for the first time like yes they they identify as their sport like been there done that like they're in it right now like they, they're not worried about oh whatever marketing degree i'm going to get or whatever like yeah. what are you doing in the present to help your student athletes <clears throat> and i mean i've, I've seen it everywhere like your real recruit surveys or whatever it is at the end of the year, like the, the student athletes are giving you the answers. Like they're letting you know what's happening. And they're just like, you, you oh. have the direct answers on the test yeah, and you're not using them. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. so true though. I mean, like how many times do I see on, on social media? Oh, we're, we're doing our, our mental health awareness campaign. All right. What's the campaign? What's, what, what are you doing to, to, to actually address the problem at hand? Uh, because there's a bunch of different organizations you could get involved with that would help you. Yeah. Like, and so it's like, are you doing it for the publicity of, of the university and for, for the image or, and that's a question they need to ask themselves. Are you, are you doing it for the image and to say you, you had a campaign and to say that you, is it, is it a CYA cover your ass? You know, so when we do lose more students, you know, you're looking back and saying, Oh, we tried, we tried this. What did you actually try? And, um, you know, that's partly, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and on, a, on a throne and say I have all the answers, but that's, I'm certainly going to, that's what we're ha we're having a conversation right now. You and I, it's going to be, you know, broadcasted out to so many people, you know, we're, we're trying to change the narrative. We're actively doing something about it. 
Um, you know, and that's what we're trying to do with anxiety and athletes too, you know, giving athletes the platform to talk about these, these, these struggles and these challenges and the stigma around mental health and then providing resources to coaches, providing resources to, to parents, to, to administration, to show them that, no, there's like real steps you can take. Yeah. Um, I think with that, like, just like seeing where, I guess like there's a there's a void in what schools are putting out and like the actual action. So for me, it's as simple as be someone that the athletes feel comfortable coming to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, previous spot, like I have athletes swing by the office all the time. Like they look at me like, hey, can we talk? I was like, yeah, like in the office or like, is this like a walk and talk and like whatever. Like I, I probably had stuff to do, but it's like this is an individual that needs to talk to me right now so I can give them five to ten minutes, whatever it is. Um, sadly, I was at one school. It's like, oh, what are you being Dr. Vegetable again? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I yeah, am. I am. Straight up. Yeah, I am. If that's what they need from me, then yeah, I can do that. But obviously, like, if it's, like, out of my uh, scope of practice, like, I will absolutely, like, hey, let them know. Like, if I hear things, you should probably go talk to, like, an actual professional. I'm glad right. you gave me. Let's go talk to X, Y, and Z. Like, just communicate that with the people that, that need to know. Um, For sure. But that's but, see, that's responsible of, of you. Like, I think it's a lot of times coaches think they have to have like the clinical advice and the all the answers. We don't we don't. That's not our that's not our job. And we, we shouldn't be doing that but we should build those relationships with athletes and then also build those relationships with the support systems in place within the school system, within the school and the counseling system. So that when we do find an athlete or an athlete does come to us with, with those problems and with, with, when they're struggling, we know who to refer them to. And we know, we know when we do refer them to them, to that person that we've made that relationship with, that we know something's going to actually come of it and that they're at, we can actually trust their, their, that relationship. Yeah, I think just having gone through that experience myself, like it's my parents. They they called the police to get me the help that I needed, and it's like I was I was mad in the moment, but it's like mm-hmm. I needed someone to do that for me, and it, it could be the same thing with student athletes. Like previous school, um, other it was the friends of an athlete. They came to my office like normal, like weekly talk. Like they were talking, like sharing some things. Like wait, what? So and so said this, and I was like, yeah, well, um, that needs to be reported. Like we're gonna go ahead and do that, and they're like, oh, like oh we're gonna go talk to so-and-so and then like, no, 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 it needs, it needs to happen now. Like I yeah. filled out the form, I filled out the form from like staff or whatever. And like, I showed the athletes like, Hey, when these things are said, these are the forms you need to fill out. And they're like, Oh, like I'll go do it in like half an hour. I was like, no, 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 you're going to do it no, now. You're doing it like now, like right in front Follow of me. <laughs> um, I mean, like I did that, like obviously followed up with administration. It's like, don't, don't know what came of it, but like, you know, I did my part and it's, it's one of those things. Like if I didn't previously have that relationship with the other student athletes, I might not have heard. And we, we right. Might- missed out on an opportunity to provide some help for somebody. Right. I mean, I'd argue, I mean, whether we like it or not, <laughs> the weight room, <laughs> there's a lot of chatter that goes on in the weight room. And <laughs> I mean, like with, with some things I wish I never heard and some <laughs> things I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I heard that because that could save a life. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it's, it's wild to me that the things you'll hear and, and, you know, realizing that you're, you know, years older than them and that what they're, what they're talking about might not, um, you know, throw a light bulb off in their head. But for us, we're like, Oh my gosh, that needs to be talked about. And we need to address that. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> something as simple as like, I'll ask that, Hey, we thriving or surviving. And there's like, ah, bleh, bleh. like <laughs> I, I know they're joking. It's probably six in the morning. They don't really want to be there. Like, Hey, if we're like not actually thriving, like, we can do so. Like, are we doing things that we enjoy? Like, making sure we're taking care of ourselves, things like that. But like, they'll jokingly say stuff. Like, I understand that you're joking, but like, if you're serious, like, I have to report this. Um, yeah, yeah. Just let them know, like, hey, I'm hearing you. I'm acknowledging that this was said. I know you're joking, but like, hey, if 
you know, something needs to happen, you can come talk to me. But I don't know. It's it's okay to not be okay. You have to recognize that some of your athletes are not okay right now, and that's fine. But you know, it's it's our responsibility to help them out, and it's it's not just about sets and reps at all. Yeah, no, it goes so much further than sets and reps. And if they're if you're treating a job like that as a performance coach, you're not gonna um, you're gonna have very surface level relationships. And um, I mean, as far as for me in a private setting, my retention rate of, of athletes and, and people coming back to train here is not going to be good because yeah. they at the end of the day, like it's a piece of paper I give them for for to them, right? For, to me, I could be like, um, like. Uh, you know, Bruce Almighty typing like that, that gift where I'm just like, like a mastermind with programming, but then that, and that could be me in my mind, but it, you know, once I'm on the floor, if I'm not coaching it right and I'm not building those relationships, it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be effective. Yeah. And I feel like all the, especially like the, you know, the CEUs I see are always about like, are always about like, periodization and what and and different uh it's just always about physiology and and programming and and scientific principles and i'm like all right like what about the coaching ones yeah like i want some real good coaching resources because and like human humanity resources like like basic human interactions like those are those are things that like i think people need more more work on and um and a lot of it is is how you're raised i feel i feel like you know i'm very fortunate and i'll say i said it you know, last episode, I'll say it again. I, you know, my family, um, I had a good support system around when I was struggling and, um, and my family definitely saved me. They, you know, they got me the treatment I needed when I was at rock bottom and, and just how I was raised. I mean, I think, uh, you know, they raised somebody that was empathetic. And I think the situation I, that I was in definitely made me change my whole perspective on, on, you know, how I interact with people. Yeah. Um, for you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you've had a few stops, you've been at the division one level, you know, what's, I know you mentioned something last time kind of about kind of finding value and uh, going where you're valued and stuff. And so um, I'd love to hear more about, you know, being at feeling, finding the place where you're valued um, uh, and, and how you find that place. Um, be more patient than me. No. <laughs> yeah. Trial by fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but again, it goes back to, I've, I've obviously struggled in the past, like separating work and personal life. But I think what we do, like, what was I reading? One of the books, The Passion Paradox or The Practice of Groundedness, like, there is no balance. Mm-hmm. Kind of figure out, like, I'm I'm going to pour into work and that's fine. Like, obviously, if I have a family one day, like, I'd love to bring my kids to the weight room, like, stuff like that. But um, I don't know. You have, you have to figure out what's really important for you. Like, if, if work is something that is truly that important to you, you need to be in the right environment. Because you're going to spend a ton of time at work. You're going to spend a lot of your energy at work. And you know, right or wrong, like energy is a resource as well. Like if you're pouring all of it into work and then work is a really terrible environment, you don't have enough energy to take care of yourself outside of that. Um, so again, ask, ask the questions up front um, in the interview process. Be, have those conversations in person too, like once you get on campus. Um, I've, as an assistant, I, I didn't know any better. I was always, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Identify problems, make sure you're presenting solutions as well. Um, continue to present the solutions too. Like if, if it's a clear problem and you, might have an idea share it um but i think too it's just be happy find a place where you can be yourself and kind of obviously do the best you can to work like enjoy it um that's been just being out here so far it's been the coolest part like talking to friends and my sister-in-law that they know what i've gone through they know i've had some (laughs) some rough stops along the way but 
you know, just talking like I'm happy. Um, obviously, would love to keep winning in football. Like I'm excited to see women's basketball play. Like, I, have, I haven't seen my athletes play yet. So, like everything is new. Like everything is really exciting. But right. <clears throat> just both both my coaches have have pulled me in for meetings and like asked what they can do to make my job easier and allow me to be more successful. Like that is awesome. Like it doesn't need to happen all the time. But hearing that once is like all right. I was already gonna do it, but like now, like I'm excited to pour everything I have into my, my respective programs. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I know. I hear you. I think the the part about work like the reality is we all spend a, a bunch of time in the workplace regard i mean unless you're you know some investor and you just get to play golf at, at 3 p.m every day i mean i i i don't you know for for most people you're at work for at least nine hours a day or at least eight hours a day so um even if you're working just 40 hours a week which i obviously in the performance setting you're not work i mean a 50 hour work week is like a good week, but, um, it definitely is important to understand that if you're going to work that much, you need to be in a place you you're, you're happy and you feel, you feel valued because otherwise that's so much time of life is way too short for 40 to 50 hours of your week to be miserable and be, you know, walking on eggshells, whether it's, you know, the, the culture of the business or the the place or the, the school, whatever, wherever you are, you, you gotta be happy. Um, and I think it, sometimes it does take a little bit longer to, to find that, that place too. I mean, like the reality is that of things is that you're not gonna, there is no, there is no perfect workplace. I mean, like as, as, as I think for so long, um, I was searching for that and I was like, Oh, like this will be, it, it has the X, Y, and Z I'll be, X, Y, and Z, and I'll have I have all these things in place. Like this will be the perfect workplace. Not nah. same thing. Next up, you know what I mean. And the more and more I realize that is there's no perfect workplace. There's always going to be things that come up that that might not be ideal for you. But it's like we need to learn how to how to you know address those things and and react to those things um, and those those issues that arise because that stuff is going to be everywhere. I mean, like the more and more you look, look for that perfect workplace and it's not pessimism. It's just, it's just, um, you know, being realistic and, and understanding that like life throws curveballs, And just because there's something you don't like about a place doesn't mean it's, you're not valued and, and, um, doesn't mean it can't change. Correct. Um, so for you, um, you know, we're, we're winding down here. What is, you know, the greatest piece of, professional advice life advice spiritual advice whatever it is um that you've that you've received oh that's a tough one um i don't know i feel like i've kind of touched on it before but like you know be you like be a unique individual and make sure you find Mm -hmm. a place that allows you to flourish like whoever you are like you don't have to be anything that you don't want to be you don't have to be anything that the people around you don't need. Like they need the best version of you. So just, just do that. Like whatever that looks like, whatever profession you're in, like be the best version of you for the people that are around you. Um, And kind of like we touched on it too, like life's not perfect. Like there's always going to be curveballs, but like focus on the positives and like focus on the good. Like I'm sure everybody has, everybody has their circle, you know, like focus on, on those people, make sure that, like you're having healthy conversations with them about everything. And you know, also like, it's okay to not be okay. That's fine. That's human. Um, but just, yeah. just relax, have fun. Yeah. yeah.